Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. the city don't know if I necessarily agree with the, t- the city not cheering for a bucket but I understand your point of view um, look we, you know we're we're a work hard team um, sort of like this city we like to stay connected and stay together like this city we like to have a good time doing it like this city and we're not just going to take anything from anybody like this city so if that answers the question that's kind of you know who we are like this city. Words that rang out from Willie Green after the fifth straight victory by the Pelicans the other day against the Detroit Pistons. The best winning uh, streak that we'd had for five or six years, the 2017 to, to 2018 season. A team now on top of the West, securing top spot, to be visited in uh, two days later by the Phoenix Suns, a team that... Uh, with all the bravado being the top seed last year, were pushed to six games by a play-in team, a team that finished ninth in the West, uh, that made a late-season run after a poor start because of injuries, because of adversity, a team that was trying to change. And it was almost poetic to see that he had used this quote when asked by five or Jarrett Reed, the uh, great guest that we had a couple of days ago in the post game that does this team embody the city and Willie Green said it succinctly we don't back down from anyone and when you have a team that is the pulse and embodies the pulse of the of the city that it's in it is easy to gravitate gravitate towards them it's easy to cheer for them and then when you get visited by a team that comes in and thinks that they're the king of all the NBA and we push them and we push them right to the end and we beat them on the home floor despite everything uh, all the narratives all of the expectations we came in and we beat them we got to work early a man, Zion Williamson, who hadn't played all of last season but had to sit there in the stands and watch as his brothers, to quote him, were battling against them. To take, to be not being able to contribute. He had to watch. He had to sit through that knowing that his foot wasn't right. He got himself right. And he came in and that year of frustration that he had to go through with the external narratives, with everyone looking at him under a microscope every single thing that he did of course there's there's two sides to every coin and every party involved in this was at fault at some way or another but to come into this game 
and to dominate from the word go against a team that sent his brothers home. This game was something else. Playoff intensity. A matchup that could only rival a playoff and finals atmosphere. Some spite to it. Old school spite. Big plays, big dunks. A lot of contact. And honestly, a result that was well-deserved by our team. I don't shy away from, from wins like this. This was a great game. And the fact that we have to face them again in a few short hours, probably by the time you're listening to this, makes it all the more exciting because round two is coming up straight away. Guys, with that being said, this is the Sports Ethos New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Welcome. Welcome to the show. Uh, we started a little bit different with a little bit of an opening monologue, but you know, that's a bit of fun. I'm your host, Lyle Swithenbank, of course, at Lyle Swithenbank on Twitter, at Ethos Pelicans. Uh, rate and review, all that sort of fun stuff that you can do. Uh, the Pelicans defeat the Phoenix Suns, the arrogant Phoenix Suns, and I don't really care where that if that's snipped and sent around to them because the way they walked onto the court, they thought that their shit didn't sting. Um, and what they discovered is that not only does it, but their attitudes do as well. Uh, the Pelicans, without Brandon Ingram again, without Herb Jones, came in. And touched them up, 128 to 117. Uh, we've all seen the highlights going around of Zion doing the 360 dunk at the end. Um, we're going to get into that today. And this uh, unwritten rule of respect or some carry-on that uh, has been invented, I don't know when, and should die a death. Because I think, firstly, for the fans, they deserve to see a game run out. Secondly, the team that is losing needs to wave the white flag. It's not up to the offensive team to say, all right, game's over now. Play until the whistle's done. But we're going to get into that. So let's go to the game first. We're going to review that as we usually do. Um, so how did it all go down? Well, we look at the quarter by quarters. Honestly, it was an arm wrestle. Uh, first couple of possessions were a bit scrappy from both teams until Tory Craig hit a contested uh, three-pointer, not a known three-point threat, but from the corner, you know, you're open, you catch it in your rhythm, and, and you knock it down. Uh, we knew it was going to be a bit of a run-and-gun sort of game, particularly from the Suns, because they don't really like going in the paint. They like shooting threes, and um, that, I think, is probably a, a big outlier in, amount, uh, in, a, in the number of different factors in the game, particularly what Monty Williams talked about in his post-game, but we'll get to that. So 27 to 26. Uh, honestly, Zion was on a on a tear in the beginning. CJ McCollum started getting himself going, which was nice. Um, tried to feed Jonas early. Unfortunately, his shot wasn't dropping. But we managed to get DeAndre Ayton into foul trouble early, uh, and and I thought that was really good. Dyson Daniels uh, in his well, third or fourth start now, I suppose he is um, since Herb went down. It was was awesome. He clamped Devin Booker the whole game, kept him um, to one of 14 shots when uh, he was directly guarding him, and Booker was dragged out in the last quarter, didn't play, uh, because, putting quotation marks, he's, he's injured or something. So, that's interesting. But anyway, um, and not widely reported. But uh, quarter number two, 25 to 29, the Pelicans really started to build momentum. 
and it was caused by disruptive defense. We were uh, double teaming into Booker, and you'd, you'd flash towards Chris Paul, get the ball out of their hands, not let their great ball creators really um, get a handle on the game. Chris Paul did everything he could. He'd missed 14 games, came back um, the game before, played 10 minutes or something and was useless, came back in this and started finding his shot. Because, of course, he does. Um, on the other side, for us, Jose Alvarado came back despite um, some bruised ribs. Uh, he said he was right to go. And, you know, if a guy's going to say he's right to go, he's right to go. So he got in there. Uh, he's never going to back down when Chris Paul's playing, um, particularly the way he was disrespected by Chris Paul in the Phoenix series last year in the playoffs. So, uh, you know, he's going to go at his neck every time. And that's just what this team embodies. Uh, third quarter, this is where we really put the foot down. Um, by the way of great uh, defensive acumen, uh, chasing him off the three-point line, making them overreact to our defense and punishing them on the other end, which I thought was just great because what you managed to do was make them drop their heads. All of a sudden, they're looking at each other to blame. They're, they're trying to just launch silly threes in transition instead of actually running offense, and it, it worked a treat. So we managed to dump 40 on them in that third quarter, uh, opened up a nice lead uh, to their 30, and then the fourth quarter was 33 to 35. Very uh, back-and-forth game. They hit a heap of threes, and no doubt we'll be addressing that um, uh, in this, I suppose, period in between facing them again. Uh, and, you know, there's going to be some spite in it. It can absolutely going to be some spite. And I, for one, am here for all of the smoke because I think it's fantastic that this team won't back down to a bunch of um, people that think that they're better than others. So that's all I've got to say on that. So we'll go to the stats. Um Field goals, 50% for them, 43 of 86 to 46 of 90. Now, I want you to remember 86 field goal attempts because when we get to the three-pointers, we had 8 of 27 for us, um, 29%, not a great night from three, to their 50%, which was 22 made threes on 44 attempts. So you had 44 of your 86. That's over half of your three-point attempts, uh with three-pointers. So that's an interesting little uh, little tidbit to keep in mind. Monty Williams, after the game, said that there was a big uh, free-throw discrepancy, and it was. It was 13 attempts to 35. He said they play the same. The Pelicans play the same as the Suns, but the calls weren't there. Well, what I would like to think is I went back and watched it because I was like, oh, gosh, of course, the referees must have been terrible. Uh, and what I saw was actually a guys that just launched a heap of threes and didn't go into the paint that much. And when they did go in there, they got every touch foul under the sun, including where uh, Devin Booker decided to uh, elbow his way into the paint and elbow Dyson on the chin and got two shots for it, despite not a reach. So I'm here for it. I'm like, go and review it. Let's, I'm sure we play the same. I mean, we only score pretty much in the paint the whole time. We had eight made threes and 27 attempts on 90 attempts overall. So again... Please, I'm just a lowly uh, podcast host. I, I, I haven't watched it, so I wouldn't know what was going on. But anyway, I won't get myself too riled up. Uh, but it was 35 to 13 free throw attempts, made 28 of them to 9. Assists, they had 30, we had 27. Moved the ball beautifully, I must say. There wasn't that much hero ball, which was great. Uh, 27 on, made, on uh, 46 made, which again... When we're getting up over those 25 mark, 25, 26, 27, even up to 30 assists, 
that's great because that means that our 0.5 offense is working. It means that we're moving the ball. We're playing unselfish. The we score mentality. And this last six games have been incredible for doing that. And Zion has been a big part of that because what happens is he draws all the defenders when he drives into the paint. And his ability to find the open man has been exceptional. Honestly, I, I can't fault him at all. He's been great on both ends of the floor. Steals 10 to 6 in favor of us. Had a couple more blocks, but that's okay. In the rebounding battle, we had 13 offensive rebounds. You know, extra possessions. Uh, defensive rebounds, 31 to their 29. Points off turnovers. We turn their turnovers into 23 points to them only scoring 10 off ours. And taking care of the ball is important. So for us as a team, well, they had 16 turnovers and we turned that into 23 to our 11. So if you're going to only turn the ball over 11 times and only let them score 10 points off it, that means that either one, you're doing it not in live ball turnovers. Uh, you're doing it so it goes out of bounds and you can go and set up your defense at the other end, which is a... a Really great time to turn the ball over if you have to. If it does happen, you want it to be a dead ball. Uh, and if it is in transition, we're getting back and stopping those fast breaks, which, again, is just so imperative when you get down the uh, stretch to the playoffs and you've got to take on uh, teams in a half-court, grinded-out sort of sessions because when the points in transitions happen... You need to be there to defend and get back and make sure they don't get easy buckets because the game slows down, gets more physical, etc. We've seen it, seen it time and time again. So, what I liked was that we punched them in the mouth in that third quarter. We arm wrestled, arm wrestled, and we punched them in the mouth, and we had them on the back foot, and we didn't stop all the way to the end. And that brings me to, I suppose, the most controversial part of this all, and Sports Center's going off, and everyone on Twitter. Oh, it's disrespectful that Zion dunked the ball. Well, let me just set the scene. So there's 20 seconds left. Well, there's 32 seconds left, actually. And uh, they go for a layup. They go for a layup. You know, you could just run it down and uh, take take the L. You've already lost. You're, you're well down uh, by nine points. There's no point bringing it back. Uh, instead, Chris Ball drives in, lays the ball up, misses. We're down, and there's uh, no shot clock left. Uh, Larry Nance throws the ball the entire length of the court. Mind you, about 10 to 20 seconds before that, he's bumped by Tory Craig uh, for no reason whatsoever. Uh, throws the ball length of the court. Zion, standing by himself, gives you a windmill 360. The crowd erupts, and everyone goes ballistic. Uh, and Chris Paul, in if you zoom in on that, and there's a few angles going around, Chris Paul runs up to Jose Alvarado, and bumps him directly in the chest. Not for any reason other than he just had lost a game. He was shitty. He was a sook. And uh, bumps into Jose. Now, we know Jose's got crook ribs. We know that Chris Paul knows that because he'd already punched him in the ribs earlier on in the game. Now, Jose's not ever going to say anything about that. But what you saw from Chris Paul is that he's dirty. He's a dirty player. We know that. He flops, he whinges, he whines. And he throws errant fists all the time. And also, he doesn't like to lose, which we know. Now, I know there's a lot of history. He's been, he was big in New Orleans throughout the journey. He also left. He also had plenty of opportunities to come back. Didn't. Um, and now he's actively trying to go against our team every time. Disrespecting people. You know, last year in the playoffs. 
He was sitting in the uh, in the uh, post game, and Jose said, oh, "At least he knows my name now." And he decided that he'd forgotten his name, despite being towed up by him for a whole playoff season series. So, do I agree with the fighting? Do I uh, commend any of that? No, I don't think there's a place for violence at all. Um, what I do like is that they stand up for their own. You get guys like the other day, Najee Marshall stood up when Zion kept getting dragged out of the air. Uh, what I like is Jose doesn't back down. What I like is Larry Nance hops in there. Everyone goes up. Brandon Ingram's in the background, ready to go. You know, everyone is talking. What I love is campaign. the smallest guy on the uh, Suns team, decides to come over and be a hero and doesn't go anywhere near Zion, doesn't go anywhere near Najee, actually. Uh, yells at his ex-assistant coach, uh, Willie Green. Willie Green looks at him bewildered, like, what are you doing? Uh, and, you know, we've seen the, the narrative evolve since then. We've seen Brandon Ingram on Instagram saying, coach said to campaign, you're not like that. He said he, he knows you. He knows you for real. And what that says to me is that campaign talks a big, uh, big talk, but in the end, just trotted right back to the locker room like the rest of his team, taking that L with him. So, one thing I will comment on as well, before we get to the box score and stuff like that, and we'll talk about the players, was that I, I have heard the Suns commentary before when we played against them. I try to make an effort of listening to a bit of the commentary on the other side, which is woeful, and I'll full credit. And, you know, we should protect Joel Myers, Antonio Daniels, with, with everything that we have. Protect them, keep them here, because... Uh, Eddie Jones, uh, his name? Eddie Johnson, something like that. He's the old guy that uh, played, I don't know, a few years ago. He gets on there and uh, thinks he's pretty tough because um, he played whenever he did. Uh, he has come out and said, well, why would Zion do that? What if someone decided to just take his legs out and injured him again? That would be pretty reckless. And so when you've got comments like that, and this is not the first time he said that, when Jose was in uh, playing against Chris Paul, he said, why don't we put Busy out there? Busy can put a big body on him and uh, and injure him. And those guys over there, they've got the, the equivalent of the Pelicans live as the Phoenix Suns live or whatever. All those guys on there try to be heroes and, oh, yeah, you know, you're so tough. Well, firstly, grow up. Why would you want to incite violence? Secondly, why? Uh, how big of an ego boost, uh, or how big of a chip on your ego, shall I say, uh, do, you, do you have that your team loses? You know, at the end of the day, the Suns have won just as many flags as we have. Uh, and also, the Suns were the first in the West last year and proved absolutely jack shit. So, until the moment where your team's successful and it has the, the uh, I suppose, success to back up all of this bravado that has materialised from nowhere. I mean, we remember the Suns teams that couldn't make playoffs that were, were crap for years after Steve Nash left. You know, this is a new thing. You did well in the bubble, granted. You still made playoffs in a bubble. You then came in, you made the finals, and you got pantsed. You then came back again, you lost again. So I'm, I'm waiting for this success to come in. Now, the Pelicans haven't had this success, but we don't come in with an attitude that we're better than anyone, that, we, that we're this, like, pristine team with all these accolades. No. The opposite. We come in with a chip on our shoulder with something to prove every game. And again... I go back to the words that Willie Green said at the start. This is like the city. And that's why I think us as fans and as people surrounding the team 
feel so passionate about this team because we can relate to them. Because they're an underdog, regardless of their standings. That reward, that standings, come from hard work. There's no entitlement here. There's not a bunch of guys that have had it easy. These are guys that have had to work. These guys that are two-way players, second-round draft picks. They've had guys that have been injured. They've had guys that were traded. You know, that, that were cast aside for other, other star players wanting out. But this city doesn't give up. You know, that's one thing I've learned about covering this team for a couple of years. Is that this city doesn't say no. It doesn't, doesn't ever just expect things to happen. It's always had to be earned. And that, and that I think, is what causes this arrogance from the Suns when they come in and it upsets them. You know, they get in there and they're like, oh, I don't understand this. You know, all that does is fuel the fire. And whether they think it's a rivalry or not, well, it doesn't matter what they think. We want to belt them off the court every single time we play them. You know, there's always going to be spite in that because of the actions of, of the past. So, with that being said, I'm going to go to an ad break um, and then we shall uh, go and listen to the box score. I'll read that out and we'll, we'll go through how it all transpired. So, stay tuned. We'll talk about that after this. Okay, welcome back to the Sports Ethos New Orleans Pelicans podcast. I am your host, Lyle Swithenbank. Pelicans defeated the Suns 128-117, to sit firmly on top of the Western Conference and uh, beat the team that was sitting second. Suns have lost three of their last four, including a pantsing by the Celtics and then a bit of a shellacking by our Pelicans. Uh, box score, notable scorers and stats for them was, I suppose, DeAndre Ayton. He had 25-14. and 14. Played admirably. Honestly, got his, got his shots when he was given them. Uh... You know, that's a great stat line. Happy for him. Chris Paul had 24. Um, again, who cares? But uh, we go to the Pelicans. Uh, the starting lineup was Trey Murphy, Zion, JV, CJ, and Dyson Daniels. Um, Trey played 27 minutes. In this game, his shot wasn't falling. I think they obviously had a good scout on him throughout the journey, playing with against him a few times. Uh, he had three points and three rebounds. Honestly, wasn't his night. And the, and the way that they played, they played a lot of little guards and then a couple of big guys, and Trey sort of falls in the middle. We know that Willie Green isn't afraid to play the matchups and, you know, make sure that guys are, are matched up properly and also ride the hot hand, which Najee Marshall in this one was, again, and I didn't highlight him in the last one, but again, has been fantastic. Um, you know, Najee has been on a tear. He's been super important to this team off the bench, uh, but we'll get to him. Zion Williamson, 36 minutes. He had himself 35.7 rebounds, four assists, and a steal. Absolutely incredible. He um, was attacking at will. He was getting into it with the crowd, you know, giving the, the big flex in the end ones. He was doing the too small on a seven-footer. Uh, Jock Landau, who got sent into the crowd. Honestly, it was uh, it was big time from Zion. And, and, you know, people forget. At the start of the season, oh, you know, is he washed and things like this? You know, he's had so long away. Well, welcome back, Mr. Williamson, because uh, the people are talking and you're playing like an MVP. And the stat line and the standings reflect how good you have been. Uh, so let's keep that going. And, you know, he makes everyone else better. The fact he can go and get another four assists, grabs his rebounds, he's scoring like a madman. He has been great. And on the defensive end, he reads the passing lanes. I think he's taken another step as that uh, conditioning comes back. 
continues to get match fit. Uh, you know, he's, he's getting his wind behind him and can play longer stretches, which I think is fantastic. Uh, it always is going to take a bit of time. But now you can see that Duke Zion that everyone talks about uh, really coming through. And honestly, it's great to see. Uh, really proud of him. And, and keep it going, Z, because you can take us as far as, you know, you want to take us because you're a Jet. And we're only getting stronger. We've got Brandon to come back. We've got Herb to come back. So the cavalry's coming, mate. Just keep it going. Uh, JV had 12 and 10, 4 of 16. Wasn't Honestly, it wasn't his night. Uh, they actually went really tall at the end of the game and played two bigs. Uh, and we just reflected, uh, responded with that and played him alongside Larry. And that's actually where he got going. And that late in the in the fourth, he was he was solid. He was getting going and, and making those shots. And again, um, JV is another complimentary piece. You know, last year he carried us in stretches. This year he hasn't been asked to do that. And I think that in the long run, is going to be great because you're going to get to the playoffs where the thing the game slows down and you're going to be able to find offense through him. So, again, we're going to see fluctuations in his minutes and things like that depending on matchups. The league's a little bit different than it has been. Uh, you know, it's all the pace and space stuff now. CJ McCollum, coming back from COVID after, uh, you know, he had a few average games. He'd be happy with this one. 18 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists and a steal, 7 to 16. One of three from six, still getting his legs under him from distance, but weaving into the uh, into the paint, creating havoc. Uh, again, getting in uh, the passing lanes, making great decisions with the ball, and it looked like the CJ that we knew from last year. You know, he struggled this year. He had a bit going on, as we talked about on the last episode with Aiden. But uh, you know, all of a sudden, maybe it was Aiden's speech that that got him um, got him over the line. He did a great job. Uh, Dyson Daniels had 19 points. He had four, uh, sorry, 19 minutes. He had four points, four rebounds, two assists. Um, had a great dive uh, into the paint and dunked it, which was good. Uh, and again, defensively was just excellent. Um, him and Najee really went at uh, at Booker all game, and in the end, Booker couldn't really hack it and was sat on the bench alongside the coaching staff. Uh, Najee Marshall had 14 points in 31 minutes, two rebounds, four assists, and a steal, five of 11. And I want to take a second just to talk about Najee because you look back to like the Stan Van Gundy year where he was the two-way, managed to get himself a contract, said that, you know, there was storylines saying, oh, Josh Hart's expendable because he's got Najee Marshall. That's how great he was playing. And then sort of had that second-year blues last year where he was acclimatizing to uh, Willie Green. His jump shot wasn't really there. He was in and out of the lineup. And then you see this year, you can see the hard work that's gone into this. You can see that his uh, conditioning is, is A1. I think it's always been, but he's taken it to another level. That fire in his belly is is there. That dog in him, you know, they say uh, he he has that. He has that um, he has that real grit that all good teams need. Uh, he does a bit of everything. Every time he's had, he was starting for a while and he was scoring living daylights out of it. He's now coming off the bench. He's accepted that role. And when he and Jose and Larry Nance come into the game, the game changes. And there's, I don't think there's many second units in the league that can hang with our guys. I, I honestly don't. I think they, they panic. They come in and these guys just absolutely blitz the living daylights out of, out of them. They've got uh, a great two-man game, Jose and Najee. You can tell they're really good mates. And, um, you know, I can't say enough about Najee Marshall. I think he's just been fantastic. 
Let's keep that going because we're going to need you again, Naj. But uh, really, really impressive these last... Well, this whole season, honestly. I can't really fault many of his games. And the big thing is that his three-point shot has looked really good. And you can see he's worked hard on it. That was the knock is that he wasn't a great three-point shooter. Now, he's, he's more than passable. He's, you know, he's very serviceable. You can see in the corner, he hits big threes. And when we need a bucket, he gets into the grit, into the teeth of defense and goes and scores. And sometimes you just need that to get you going. And Najee is an energy guy. And I think he, he did a really good job uh, on Friday. Uh, Larry Nance had a great game. 17 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists, 4 steals and a block. Man on a mission. Delicious stat line. Played a great game. Again, led from the front. Every time he got the ball, uh, it was put in a position to be successful. He finished it. Uh, he was patient. He was also mic'd up. And there was a great uh, sound bite where he stood alongside Mikhail Bridges after Zion had just, uh, um, you know, folded Jock Landau. And he turns to Mikhail and he goes, you got the wrong man guarding him. And uh, Mikhail Bridges' eyebrows go up. But, you know... It's true. Larry Nance is sitting there just chatting. Uh, you know, he threw the assist to Zion at the end for the 360 dunk because of the treatment. And, you know, you're not going to guard the best player in, in the in the game. Well, he's going to punish you. So, uh, Larry, great game again. Uh, Devontae Graham, five points, one rebound, four assists, one or two shots. Uh, and Devontae's defended really, really well. That's something that he's taken another step this year is he's played absolutely fantastic on the defensive end of the ball. He knows that there's not as many shots coming. But to get in the court, you know, he played 14 minutes. To keep those minutes, you have to be able to play both ways. And so he stayed shot ready, hit one of his threes, and then he also uh, defended it, which I think he's, he's been really, really solid this year. And, of course, Jose, 25 minutes. He had 20 points, one rebound, two assists, three steals, six of ten. Three of five from three, five of seven from the free throw line. You know he's got he's got sore ribs. Whether he says he's injured or not, you know he's he's carrying that with him. He's not hundred percent. He said that in the post game. Uh, it doesn't help when you get a few little rib ticklers from uh, from your opponent. But again, you know you you're you're hundred percent healthy when you're a step on the court. It doesn't matter if you're carrying stuff. Everyone is hundred percent healthy. It's just just how it has to be. Don't play if you hurt. Uh, and he, and he has that uh, that real heart, you know. He he comes in. We can't. I mean, we've talked about it. We talked about it till the cows come home. Is how good and how important Jose is to this team. He brings that energy off the bench. He is a complete game changer. Defends the living daylights out of out of it, and he he doesn't back down. And again, embodies this city. He doesn't back down from a challenge. They can't, he can't. He overwork. He he works his behind off to overcome it. Earned. Everything has been earned for this young man. And again, cannot say anything more than I'm so proud of this team and how they uh, held their own in this game. Have been fantastic in the last, um, you know, 10 game or in the last, in this winning uh, streak in this season. You know, they've been very, very good. Uh, and, and I am absolutely chomping at the bit to see these guys in person uh, because I'll be going ballistic. And unfortunately, we don't get to see Phoenix when we're there, but. That's, uh, we'll see plenty of other teams that we can jeer at. So, with that being said, great win. We take the Suns on again. It's a lunchtime game, 2.30pm uh, local time against the Phoenix Suns on Sunday. Uh, 
Uh, it's 4.30am for me, so my alarm is set at 4.20. I will be up. I promise you I'll be up. I'll be making a cup of coffee and I'll be sitting there cheering alongside you um, because there's going to be a bit of spite in this one and uh, I, I think it's going to be interesting. So with that being said, I'll leave it at that. This has been the Sports Ethos New Orleans Pelicans podcast. I'm your host, Lyle Swithenbank, at Ethos Pelicans, at Lyle Swithenbank on Twitter. Um, look after yourselves. We're going to beat these sons again. I tell you what, I, I, I got a feeling that there's going to be some spite in it, but we're absolutely up to the task. Um, side note, Brandon and Herb are out again. But uh, I'm going to leave it at that. This has been the Sports Ethos New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Um, stay safe. And of course, bye for now.